Welcome to Call Out Culture with your hosts, myself, Alaska. Fellas, introduce yourselves. This sounds plastic as shit. Yep. Well, um, I, I like I like long walks and um, hip hop by the fireplace, but most people mm-hmm. just call me Curly Castro. All right. And, uh, uh, I'm in South Philly. My name is Zilla Rocca. I'm uh, I'm about two glasses deep into uh, Jameson Black Reserve. Nice. It's, it's that's a, not who I, you are. Highly whiskey. But that's not who you are. That's what you're doing, Alki. True. Well, I got a lot of alcohol for Christmas. I got to put a dent in this shit. Nice. So that's your excuse. You make that excuse every month, all the way up until next November. Oh, I got to put a dent in I make that shit stretch, dog. I stretch it out. Oh, my I make God. It's the only time I really heavily drink on a weekly basis is when we record. That uh, is not a good admission. I'm drinking Kettleboro. We record once a week. Yeah, but we shouldn't be the we should we shouldn't be the alcohol suppository. Like we are the reason you drink. Yeah, come on, like that's ridiculous. Yes, you are the reason I drink because I want to get loose, have fun, talk shit with my friends. Well, I understand what what's controversial. Yeah, I mean, haven't you ever watched a beer commercial? That's what you do. You drink with your friends. A beer commercial. Yeah, Yeah. it's like low and brown. Like tonight is kind of special. I just said that on the phone. I was like, I said no more something more somewhere. Low Your lowbrow was mad good. I wish I could still get Yo, that. Yo, I, 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 I must have had every skunk bottle because I never had a good experience drinking this. Oh, man. If you got fresh lowbrow, it's great. I just don't understand social drinking. I just told totally you what? my dad. It's, it's the beginning of time, social drinking. So what kind of drinking do you like? You like that alone drinking when everything is dark in the... <laughs> <laughs> you fall I know, to I your know, pit of I despair. Know. I want that Nas, Nas drunk by myself shit. <laughs> Sitting in a window. I, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's still peculiar to me, but continue. Well, you're, you're like, you're like a solo dolo smoker. That's, that's the thing. You'd be yeah, smoking so just like, fucking so, to chill out. And I'm still amazed that people go to the liquor store and like fill up a cart and buy stuff. Right? Like yeah, fill up a buy cart. Weed. Yeah, but I don't buy shopping carts full of weed. Well, that'd be a lot of weed. <laughs> that would be admittedly a lot of weed. How much would that be? Like, hey. fucking like $800, 1000 I don't know. I don't know weed prices. What, a shopping cart full? Yeah. That would yeah. be, uh, I don't know. I can get up into the poundage. Well, I don't know. That could be That could be anything. That could be five, ten pounds. Is that the shit that, like, remember, remember like Van Morris got pulled over here, like that type of shit in his trunk, like that type of shit? Would that fill a shopping cart? No, it would be more like what Leon Lett had when he had like uh, big cardboard boxes full of weed. If you okay. don't remember, packed poorly. Yeah, that whole Word. that whole van was filled with like these four boxes, regular size boxes, but big boxes. But it was just packed with weed to the top, and you could just open it and it was I, right there to the top. Something I feel like, like you would also like you would lose a lot of nugs, like they'd be falling through the shopping cart. Not you wouldn't just pull. Well, also, though, the funny thing is, if you do have a lot of compacted weed, the weed wouldn't fall off, depending on like the stick to itness. If it's like really sticky, it would like be a big ass block. I've seen they always show those. So you have the weed together, and you can compact okay. it, and you could like it's like a whole bale of weed. Yeah, some nugs would fall off, but like everything is really adhering to itself if it's of some type of good ilk. But no, I mean, you would have to put it in a container or something. Like I don't know, I don't know no free range weed. Free <laughs> just range grabbing weed. nugs. At the, <laughs> grabbing um, at nugs the farmers market, weed farmers market. Yeah, no. Oh, you know they got the well, yeah, they got the. Uh, I wouldn't dealer. say the good shit. I would say they have their shit. You know, mountainside type of pottery. It's a little different. Anyway, 
Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about now. Oh. I, I'll give a plug for my drink. It's the uh, Kettleboro Cider from the Kettleboro Cider House cool. in upstate oh, New York. Sounds, that sounds splendid. It is, and, and it's and it's a special honey mix, so it's got some honey Ooh. flavor. Shit's proper. Oh, I've, I've, yeah, I've been sitting on this since like October, so it's it's nice to oh, finally Disney, drink it. The Disney Plus is back popping. So Why? What they got on? Oh no! I just had to um, I had to redo the subscription. Ah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, just yeah, oh, real quick before um, we start this week, motherfuckers, subscribe, rate, share. We had oh a yeah, we don't know say that, last man. week talking yeah, about that comments, white rapper man. shit. Last week was a crazy <laughs> popping episode. Our first real serious episode of 2020. There was what, about no. 20,000 fucking tweet mentions in my convos on Twitter, which I had to mute. And uh, I, I appreciate I appreciate that, guys. I just I just. The conversation had nothing to do with me, but you fucked up my mentions. But I respect you for being enthusiastic about the episodes. So that, that's all you can ask me. Oh, we got a couple of new comments, actually. Oh, word? Yeah. Look at that, man. Thank you, man. That's dope. That Somebody named, named Topher TK421 wrote, Fire, these dudes consistently got the most interesting takes and back it up with collective encyclopedia uh, of knowledge of the wow. rap game. You were going to learn something every episode. That's nice. Five stars. Shablack, shablack. And then um, that's a double shablack. Shablack, shablack. Wrote, <laughs> Slang UG wrote, I've been a fan of these guys for over 20 years. I particularly oh. appreciate the discussions on the underground hip hop I grew up on. Example, Canox and Breeze episodes. Side note, Ooh. I listened to the Canox show and I too remember when the Dear LP and Linda Tripp lyrics uh, were posted side by side on the hip hop site. Yes! Uh, oh, yes! Introducing me to both Soul and LP by proxy, all of you. Thank you and keep oh. up the good work. Thank you, Yo, Slang UG. That is shit. awesome. Yeah, bro. Yo, want some real shit? We, no. we, we, we don't even think about it like that. Think about the marketing that that, that shit did for Soul and L. That oh, yeah. really fucking pumped up. I, I, like, I, I, I remember. Um, I don't know if we, no, me and Z, we didn't know each other at that point, but I remember being pretty excited. But again, this was also like solo dolo in terms of my fandom. A lot of my friends weren't with it. So I'm sitting there scrolling. Oh my God, they put the lyrics next to each other. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, there was some effort to make it journalistic in terms of like slapping those things together. You hearing one track, you hearing the other track, seeing how the tracks feed off each other and shit like that. And if you didn't even know about the beef, all you had to do was visit that click, and then you got like a crash course on the beef right then. It was it was pretty well written. Um, in terms of like being verbose, the explanation, then the whole battle. So no, nah, that's that's what's up. Salute to him. That's you know the up. crazy shit. The whole thing just happened off of. A misunderstanding on a line. Yep, about that board. Like the shit. sample. Well, that, but also the sample. Like L had a sample in the song where it was like um, Run DMC saying something like "Live motherfuckers" or something like that. I forgot exactly right. what it was, but Soul took it as him dissing live poets, which was his group. <laughs> and no that's way. Set really? it all off. Yeah. No yeah. way. All right. So, whole, so the whole thing about that is, I know L took a couple of things, but he took. Um, uh, a Run DMC line that said, um, dance to the rhythms and rhymes of cold flow. And yeah, I know yeah, he sped that up a little bit. Burns. Right. And then, because if you go fast and it sounds like, dance to the rhythms and rhymes of cold flow. Right. So I don't know what else he took and put on another song, but like now we're reaching. I didn't know it was that petty at first. I thought it was just an inference. I didn't know it was that. When I'm saying petty, meaning like that literal circuit taken as a twist but back then but that was I the remember, era of subliminal disses for a long time well that's the same but, really but, but to out, me right? i don't 
to me, I, it was an era of subliminal distance, but a lot in hindsight, because remember, this is the same time when people went back and reverse engineered Biggie lyrics and realized, oh, he's talking about this and that. And back nah, then, fucking Ray right, but back then we were sitting there, we were sitting there waiting and wanting and like we saying Biggie's not saying anything. Remember that? It was like, he won't even say anything to yep. Tupac until he did the song with um Tracy Lee. So, so there was a lot of scouring, I think, after the fact. So I don't know if people were sitting there like on the edge of their seats ready. Oh, they talking about me. Boom, go. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just ready to jump on anything, whether they were right or wrong. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, um, what's up? We got to talk about the topic. We introduced. Yeah, so, yeah, what, what we're talking, talking about today is is the topic today is it's going to go into a little bit of our own personal history. And it's going to be basically like we're going to ask each other what it was like to work with certain artists that we worked with. So, I, I mean, who wants to set it off? Um, I'll send it off. I'll ask Alaska this because we already because right, homeboy shouted out the Canox episode. Good, look at look, look got, at you with the lead in. Look at you with the yo, transition. Man, yo, I went to fucking college for this shit, man. This ain't natural. This is study. This is years of debt right here on display. Fucking. <laughs> so, well, my 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 goal is to ask Alaska. Yeah. You touched on it when we did the Canox episode, probably like almost a year ago now, but. When you actually got the call to be on the song, right? Like, yeah. Did you know it was? It was like, is it one of them like we're like, all right, we're just coming through, spit some shit, or like, yeah. Right? Did you know it was gonna album. be for the this LP? Oh yeah, no, we knew it was for the record. Yeah, we went to L Studio, okay. recorded there. Um, you know, it was like we went to the house. Like Canox uh, was living with LP at the time, and um, we, you know, we went out to the house. The whole basement of the house was a studio, and Canox shared a room. And, uh, yeah, we went and, you know, I had my verse prepared. I think Cryptic might've wrote his there. I'm not sure. Um, mm -hmm. Vast had his verse prepared and I think Bortle freestyled. Maybe mm -hmm. he had a couple lines and then he freestyled. Cause that's sort of working with Bortle. That's what that was like in general at that time. So what are we talking when a couple of rhymes? Are we talking like four or six bars maybe ready? And then he just goes after that, he, like that type of thing? I think he might've had more, but he'll have like, the way Vorley used to write back then, like he just used to write these sort of like endless verses. Okay. And yeah, it's pretty apparent you know, on that record. And it was yeah. like, but he would get to a point where he was like, he was one of the best freestylers I ever met in my entire lifetime. And he would get mm. to a point like he would just be kicking it and he would screw up and he would just keep going. So a lot of times they just mm. kept the mic on and it was just like, all right, Vorley's going to freestyle and he will keep wow. it because he's killing it. So I think, you know, you can hear a lot of it too. Like there's little, and I don't remember off my head, but there's like little, you know, like when everybody freestyles, they have like a little crutch word that they throw in. Yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah. to help them yep. get to that next thought. There are a lot of those, and not a lot, but you, you know, whenever he's in a verse in Canox, where it switches to the freestyle, you see where that happens. If you like know I think for Vortal, yeah. one of Vortal's big words was trapped. I was literally about to say right. that, you motherfucker. I was yeah. literally about to say trapped in the well, trapped in the belly, that, trapped in the vein, cold, trapped in the city. Like you'd always yeah. say, trapped. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had, a, I had a homeboy who used to do better yet. So he would get to something like Hulk <laughs> or better yet, Banner Green, and that would always be his transition from the last thing, and he would just roll with that. Um, I have some crutches. Then it depends, though. If I'm not feeling it that night, there's one. I just a typical one. But if I'm into it, there's a crutch you wouldn't know. But I would use it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's free. You know, my, my old rap part of his crush was always like he'd always say bullshit because he was in love with Slum Village. 
Nice. And like the all the early slum villages, they'd be like, if you ask SV, it's all bullshit. Like they would always have bullshit oh, lines. And then he would always <laughs> say something like, we're about to take it to the top with this real hip hop. Like he would always say that type of shit. Nice. And the funny thing is, um, random, he's a real good freestyler, especially good. um in his live components. He really he makes um like a I love Justin I love this little tangent. So he's so he's like, um, put the um hold up an item. Random does that a lot. Yeah. And yeah. His, his crutch, if I'm if I'm wrong, he can correct me. Correct me, correct me, I'm wrong, brother Red. But his crutch is that he'll bring note that it's a freestyle, but not like I'm freestyling wild, and he'll say like, and, da, 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 and this is a freestyle, like, and but he, I love that he can pick that stuff up. I saw Super Nat do that first, and ever since then, Mega Man has done that. Hold that, sh- he, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't crowds of thousands, so he has like twenty items in the front row, or whatever. And then what I love about Mega Man is because he has that, um, that unique fan base. You don't know what they're holding up. Like at a at a hip hop show, when you tell people to hold stuff up, ID lighter. Like, I already know what they're going to hold. I'm telling you, this is a freestyler. Yeah. But um, at those other shows, they might hold up Obi-Wan's lightsaber type thing or something. So that's pretty dope. That's um, funny. Icon the Mike King used to put on a blindfold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And reach into reach the lighting. basket. Reach yeah, into the basket. That Icon, you reach into the bin. That. that was yep. very yeah. impressive. That's yeah, I love that was I like that those. shit. Yeah. I love those. I, love I, those. I, remember, I remember standing right in front when he would do that. And you could, like, you could see him like rattling off shit as he's trying to make sense of what it is in his hand and then he would fucking nail it every like yeah, there was never a point where like he had no idea what it was it might take him three bars to get to that point but he got it yeah so mike is a freaking mike. genius man i love mike i love mike, yeah, I love mike. cool shout out mike icon mike king um yeah so anyway so real quick man so i again we talked a lot you guys you need to fuck with the Colvain episode the canox joint that's one of our biggest ones um so I, I, then I guess the second thing would be like, what after, like, when did you know, like, that shit was a big deal? I never really did, honestly, until like, it wasn't until years later when, um, cause it was like, you know, it was never one of the songs that people talked about really. Like people, mm. you know, they were, well, they were always record. sort of talk. Yeah. But it but, was. But also, wait, let's do this. Was it, was it just like a wave of stuff y'all were putting out? So each little individual little moment wouldn't necessarily hit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a part of it. And then I think also, like, just sort of, like, the weird turn that the careers took after that album dropped. Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of, for a long time, I had a a hard time with that record. Not because I don't like it. I I adore it. I think I might have mentioned this on the episode. But there was, like, just so much negative history got tied into it. So like the air point. got taken out of the tires almost like. Yeah, and it was like it just brought up bad yeah. memories to go back and listen to it. Like so I didn't really start listening to it again until like two or three years ago. Um, oh wow. Yeah. And and I fucking love it. It's amazing. But and I thought it was amazing then too. It was just there was like too much negativity associated with it, not on behalf of anybody in Canox, just with the situations that happened. But yeah. anyway, I was doing a show, I was doing a show up in Albany uh called Beat Shot, and it was like maybe four or five years ago and I started I was working with my man um, DJ White Lotus and we we're putting a set together and he was like the only thing I request is that you do that Adams verse and mm. I was like why nobody like nobody knows that shit nobody talks about it you know I'm thinking it's like 10 years removed maybe more than 10 years shit. removed at this point and I'm like you yeah, know people don't know that shit and he was like nah <laughs> do it and I did it and it was like the reaction was like I was like oh okay everybody knew every word that's yeah, right everybody knew every word I was like huh and then it was like, you know, I just see people saying like a lot of cats pop shit to me. Like so I wait, see it pop up on Twitter. Like, oh. the, um, in terms of the track listings, 
Remember? Yeah. And um, anybody, are you the first foreign verse on there in terms of like not one of um not Voidal or Vastvert voice? I think L has the first. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because there's I always think something to um, come in front of it or nah, whichever one. I think no, like way later in the no, record. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think Adam might be the the first featured song. And you know, yeah. that's there's something to be said about that. Um, Alaska. And I know it's in hindsight, but you definitely pat yourself on the back because I know sometimes I'll sit and think like, all right, boom, I'm doing this record. But Oxide if anybody else was in that, was it L on that? Yeah, but not in the um. I don't know if he did a full verse. I think he's like splattering lyrics in there. So yeah, so there's something about the first couple of foreign vo- voices. So with my records, if um most of the time the fo- the first verse you voice you hit is not mine is usually like Zilla's. So like I'll trust him, like he even opened my record, so I don't mind. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. if you, when you listening to me, if you when you when you hear that first voice, it's not mine unless it's like a hook or something. It's usually yeah. like Zilla or something like that. So Word. yeah, sometimes that's pretty important. So that's what's up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've come around to really lo- like loving that verse and being proud of it, but because there, there's a punching in it, right? Mm. And I was never oh, able to perform it live. And okay. if, if you've seen Canox live, like you know, they weren't really the most rehearsed group in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> I see right. So, right. right. So you know, whenever we would do that show, I would be waiting for somebody to do that line, and that shit would never come. Oh, so it was I always like. Part. I couldn't like, you, like get it to line like land right because that stupid punching and you know like back in the day it was like oh it's like purest MC shit you gotta be able to do your verse in one and face. um mm-hmm. yeah so it was <laughs> like you know that always bothered me but now we're at a point where it's like you know nobody does their verse it's fucking multi level shit like I know how to rock shows now so if I do it you know I know where to have the person come in like that was very early days where you know trying to figure shit out. And little um, things I, like that could throw off a, a really good member. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have that person with you on board, that could throw off that whole second leg. So, yeah, and, yeah, I, and it's, it's also, I think, you know, getting older and just having confidence and appreciation for what you've done and mm. what you've been able to do in the past. Like you don't, you hold on to those things when you're young. You're like, like, damn, I wasn't perfect here, and it'll mm-hmm. like just ruin everything for you. But it's like, but you were perfect for like. Ninety nine point nine percent of everything. Like you're focusing on the you're focusing on the wrong thing, and like I, I did that for a long time. But that was that was a something you learned just growing up. Like you know how to actually appreciate the shit that's good versus focusing on the negative. True, true indeed. Mm-hmm. Wise man, we are wise MCs on this podcast. Understand that this mm-hmm. wisdom here, ladies and gentlemen, wisdom resides here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, just being around that album being made was awesome. Like that and um, like fan- Fantastic Damage was cool. It was like just cool being around at that time. All right, I got one more last question and we can move on to yeah. the next person. Okay. Did you, um was there a shuffling of beats or y'all, you knew that that was the beat and it kind of stuck with once y'all rehearsed it? That was the beat, yeah. That Vast and Vortal right. came to us with that beat and they're like, this is what we're doing. We're like, right. All right, cool. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Alright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright. Uh I just asked Alaska, so I'm out. So I, I wanna um, actually know about Black Uhuru Uhuru, because I don't really know Black Uhuru, but I know the name okay. forever. <laughs> Look at you all you know, stuttering with it, but um just think of uh, Lieutenant Uhuru. See how that yeah. one comes a little quicker. Black okay. and black. Yeah. Alright, so um so I guess I'm up. So, yeah. so like, back I remember in the day, their videos back in the day when I was a kid. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's so so that's where it starts with. So like Black Uhuru went as a um as a great um legendary uh reggae group, and this is for all the listeners, and this is your, this is the research portion of the show. And um, one of the mainstays, his name is uh, Ducky Simpson. But they rotate a lot of members, but you'll see the three of them in, like, Alaska alluded to. You'll see the old album covers. And they actually released something recently, last couple of years. But it came across my desk this way. So my man, shout out brother Ishan Burgundy, one of the great Christian oh, hip-hop artists out today. Like, if you listen to Christian hip-hop, or, you know, not just to be, um, not to stigmatize my man, but he's a great artist. But if that's your thing, he should be at the top of your thing. He's really, really prophetic. He's well read. He knows his he knows his, his text. He knows his literature and he knows his faith. And he and it's so artistic the way he expresses it. So anyway, long story short, he got the assignment first. And that's why I um I was really keen to do this episode because I, I, I think a lot of listeners are might might not be privy to like song processes. And a lot of songs start off one whole way and then end up a whole nother way. Or if you're doing a song, you might have these features in your head. When you do it, because you're like, oh, this song makes me think of this person. And because of scheduling and, um, you know, uh, maybe features, maybe money or whatever may have you or logistics, that person doesn't end up on there and somebody else ends up on there. And it's perfect. And then when you listen to the song, you think, oh, man, back in the day, such and such was supposed to first be on there. So Ishan got the call. And um, at the time he had gotten the call, he was solidifying his music, being more in the Christian realm. So he mm. felt that... Um, and excuse me, I don't, he was, he doesn't do secular music anymore. That's correct, right? I'm doing yes. that right, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so because, because of the um, secular nature of the um, request, a reggae group maybe could be talking about smoking, you know, whatever. He didn't want to tread that line. He said, um, my man Curly Castro would be good for this. And it's one of the few handoffs I've ever gotten. And I, I respect a lot of the um, connects I've made a lot of time, but a lot of times you, I haven't, had like somebody straight up say, yo, this cat can do it. Um, and so I, I, one, I appreciated the alley-oop because that's like, he's vouching for me too. You know what I'm saying? And um, and passing off an opportunity. We don't know what this song is going to do. So just, just I was just really grateful to do that. And so so what ended up happening is I started working on um, putting in the work. Now, mind you, they are based in Jamaica. So I didn't meet them. So this is one of those situations. And this is early on in the game, y'all. So this is not um, emailing your verse. is not too prevalent just yet. It's just happening, you know what I'm saying? Um, and there's a lot of back and forth. So I went to this studio downtown and um, met up. Oh man, my man. Uh, no, what's his name? Dang, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to misquote my man. But um, so I had to connect. So I had like a handler. So I had like their man was working with me to communicate the stuff that I needed, you know, to write the verse or whatever or, or lay it down. Mm-hmm. So I would lay it down, pass it off to the man. He would send it to them. So they loved the they loved the joint, even though me and them never met. And it was always like, you know, it was, it was early in my rap career, especially in my solo rap career. So it was like whispers of com- me coming to Jamaica or whatever like that, or going to Kingston and like maybe doing the song live or whatever. But that never came to fruition. But what did come to fruition, and I was happy about this, was um the song got mad run on Kingston Radio. And so it was like real mm-hmm. popular down there for like maybe like a whole summer. Um, the song is called Black Star, if anybody's looking at it for it. And, um, you know, I was just really proud of that. So, like, you know, it's just going out on a limb, writing something, hoping people like what you write, even though they're a great distance from you and hoping, you you know, you're getting good marks back and hoping you're hitting the mark, um, especially if you're not in the same space. Um, but again, they're a legendary reggae crew. 
I, it still blows my mind that I have a song with them. And um, so if, when my mom is, when my mother, my own mom is like wary of my little hip hop career, I'll be like, I got the Black Uhuru song <laughs> for, for a year or something. It's like, oh, that's true, son. We did. Yeah. That's so fucking cool, man. Black yeah, Uhuru. Story that. <clears throat> yeah. Any more questions on that? No, man, this shit is tough. But, well, I can't wait the pe- people to hear that shit. Yeah, it's a good song. It's That's like one of those shit, songs that's in the annals. Um, and you'll hear it tonight, but if not, it's on YouTube, too. So, yeah, um, topic was given, you know, notes were given. And I just hope I did a good job. Listeners, let me know if I did a good Castro. job. You're Curly Castro. Okay. Of course you did. I mean, you know, I try. All right. Um, if nobody has any more questions, I want to move on to the next cat. Oh, uh, all right, on. Zilla Rocker. Mm. I was with you. I've been I've been in the trenches a long time with my man Zilla Rocker, y'all. Sure. And we've always had aspirations of greatness and stuff. So when me and Zilla got off our ass and started actually putting in work, we started really trying to get features of some merit with some gravity. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you. What was it like working with the god, mm. Rock Marciano? Rock Marcy, what well, they called it. Yeah. I, I think that was right around the same time you got the blueprint beat for Now They Call Me Castro, right? It was right mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. We, so we it was like, we're waiting on like email gold. We were like, yeah, like just sitting there waiting on like these that. motherfuckers where you're like, wow, I love this guy. Is he, does he think I'm a fucking clown? Is he taking my money and running? Like, why is it taking so long to get all this shit from these people? Um, so yeah, Rock Marcy, like shit, I was a fan of this fucking guy from first hearing him on, on, uh, the Busta album, Anarchy, the heist with him, Raekwon and Ghost and Busta over a large pro beat. And that was like 2000 and I was like stuck off his verse. And then nice. he popped up on like flip mode shit. He was on like the Tony touch album, flip mode squad shit. He was on the Rod Digger album, um, dirty Harriet. And I was like, man, this guy's, he's the best dude, like in flip mode. And I loved all those dudes. I loved, I really did. And I was like, he just came out of nowhere and smashed everybody. And they disappeared for a minute. And then, uh, I remember finding like his cousin or some shit in Baltimore on MySpace, trying to get, <laughs> him, like, get a feature in like 2005 or six or some shit. My sc- MySpace headhunting. Love like that. straight up. I was trying to get him. Yep. Like I was anything yep. I could because he was real quiet, and then he popped up. On I went. Like I went on a. Um, I went on a bender trying to find Doom that way. We got close. Yeah, we like, like two just people trying to away reach out from him. People. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pre Twitter when you couldn't just like add people and DM them. Um, yeah, and then so I found like, his cousin. He's like, all right, well, when I see him again, I'll get at him. I was like, yo, I got money for him. Let's do it. Nothing ever came up. And then he popped up on Marco Polo's album, Port Authority. This was one joint that's crazy. It's called Lay It Down. He does like the he does like the fucking EPMD like Long Island flow. Like slow nice. shit, rhyming like four verses, crazy. And then he popped up on the Think Differently joint, the Wu Tang compilation, where he fucking smashes. Uh, it's like him, Vortal, Tragedy, and yeah, uh, it's lineup. That joint, yeah, it's lineup. Yeah, that's a crazy Ooh, song. They, yo, you might have to drop that. Wow, I never heard that. Drop that. Yo, that's drop that in the episode. Crazy. Put that in there. Drop it in here. Put that in there. Nah, we ain't dropping that. We're dropping my shit. Fuck all that. This ain't a Yo, fucking jukebox. We gonna drop your Google. shit. Man. Got you too. Fuck them. Snippets, man. Fuck that. Snippets, no, man. We give you a little taste, nah, man. Nah, dog. Nah, dog. They can go. They can go research down the road. That joint is stupid. Listeners, I, mean? I apologize it, for uh, you know, Zilla. I'm with. I'm. I want to share. I don't know what he wants. Nah, man. 
Nah, man, there's a thing called the internet. They can fucking look that shit up very quickly. We the internet, fool. We we what? we the oh, We are on the internet. What the fuck are you talking about? We are on the out. internet. They walking to us. They they coming to our book of Eli. You see what I'm saying? All right, well, most of the listeners are fucking educated, ill rap fuck, fuckers they like us. They coming to our all right, man. Go. All right, press pause. Go look this shit up on YouTube. Rock Marcy Casual, Tragedy Gaddafi Vortal. There you go. It'll it'll play right away. Shit is crazy. Anyway, so by the time, but then that, there was like a little gap between all of that, and then by the time Marsburg dropped. So when Marsburg dropped, I remember getting like the either like the advance or like it came out like a week or two before it came out, and getting it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this shit is fucking crazy." And if you listen to our best albums of the decade episode, that Marsburg's my number one album of the 2010s. So anyway, so soon as that album dropped, soon as it dropped, I got at Jazz, his manager, who's still his manager. Shouts to Jazz, you and gang. And I was like, "Yo, what? What? What's the price like right now? Like right now? What? What is it gonna take?" And Marsburg probably was out for like I don't know, a few months, and it was only like really hitting with people that really, really followed him. And then while we were talking, Doug, my, my partner Douglas, Douglas Martin from Shadowboxers Records, he reviewed the album for Pitchfork. And this is like five, six months after the album came out. And it got like an eight or nine or some shit at Pitchfork. And back then, you know, that was the Bible of fucking street rap, pitchfork.com. So, uh, you know, it replaced the source, you know, dutifully and very well. Uh, um, so then Quest Love saw it and he was, he was fucking... Shouting out Rock Morrissey and Just Blaze and all. So we were like trying to get rates from him like right before and after that shit happened. So we were on some like, yo, we got a joint for you. So it's off my album called No Vacation for Murder. And I was like, yo, I told him, I was like, if you're going to do it, it's going to be a story joint. Because I, I can't go bar for bar with this motherfucker. That's that's like trying to box with God. Like that's that's a fool's errand. So we got him on a song called Young Blood, where it's like telling a story of like young, ruthless, fucking maniac kids on some like city of God shit, where like you think you're crazy, and there's like a way younger generation of crazier fucking kids that are ruthless, gonna kill shit. So I got him to do some story shit on the joint, but it took months. So we we gave him the money, and then it took months, and and I'm like, yo, this dude really just trying to fucking skate it on us. Like this is fucked up. Um. And then you feel like a bitch being like checking in, be like, "Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, uh, by the way, uh, when, when are you gonna do that?" Uh, oh wait, can know. I can All I right. do this? Can I do this? So okay, so this is um, <clears throat> for any listeners that are um, young in the game in terms of like trying to get features. When when you're getting features from people, there's a lot of um, polite nudging that has to go on. Mm. So if you're on any type of deadline or something like that, you got you you start asking. But you don't want to be pushy, but you want to try to give you want to try to give the sense that there's a clock in there. So what you do is, and this is a key, I'm giving y'all a gem. You politely ask. Think of it like a, a fraction, like if anybody is good with math. The numerator is the ask. The denominator is the compliment. You got to compliment them. Oh man, I just checked out what you dropped. That's really good. But um, I was just wondering, did you make any progress on um? I might be telling on myself. Do you make any progress on our thing? You know, so you because you, you 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 want to ask, but you don't want to rush. So it's yeah. like uh, asking a sculptor. Seriously, are you finished? You know, what I'm saying chiseling out that piece of stone, or somebody's making you this grand old um, uh, layer three layered cake that looks like uh, the Incredibles. You know, you don't want them to rush and chop off the head. You know, but you but you're on a you're on a deadline, so you you're trying to ask and be polite. 
but also give a, a nice little nudge. Hey, I know you're busy, but hey, don't forget about me. And so like, that's just how you ask for features these days, you know, because people want to do it. Um, but sometimes people's mental Rolodex, they just might have a lot on it. And sometimes when you ask them, when you come with that polite ask, that might kick it in. Oh, yeah, I'm right knees. I got yours right next. You know, make them pull mm-hmm. your resume out that pile. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, man. And on, you know, and on some real shit, you got to be careful of people robbing you too. Like that, that's a big risk. But yeah, Marcy did not but this rob is, us. This is fucking OG about no, it. No, but know, this is the commerce where you have to send. Um, uh, um, this is also to listeners. A lot of business we do is a half and half business. So you'll send half. And then upon completion of the verse, when you want the full raw materials, you'll send the other half and they'll send you something other than the demo. So I think it's somewhat yeah. fair. But I ain't going to lie to y'all. I'll say to the listeners now, I am dealing with that right now. I sent in a down payment. I ain't received a sketch from this motherfucker. And I'll call him that. I've been calling him. I, but like, let me tell you one of those pissing me off. I sent a down payment to a cat. I don't, need, I don't think he listens to the podcast, so it's not even going to help. This, is, this wouldn't even help me. I still got to go about it. And... I don't mind you taking the time because everything takes time. But this motherfucker's doing a 31-day art challenge to himself. So he's drawing a drawing every day except my shit. <laughs> I don't see no sketch. Like, it's not even he's like showing a sketch of my shit amongst his art challenge. So if I see another new drawing tomorrow, you best believe I'm calling that motherfucker. Shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. So when you're doing features, uh, yeah, man. So by, by the time I got the Rock Marcy feature in the email, it was like fucking Christmas Day. Like I was like freaking the fuck out. Where yeah, you like I'm listening. I, I uploaded the session. I'm like listening to his Adler track, and I can hear him like blowing weed into the mic, and I can hear him like holding That's the paper in the, the paper. room. I was like, this is dope, and he fucking went ham. So. Yeah, man, All don't right, go uh, bar for bar with that dude. You know what I mean? Just use, use let me ask you, small school young blood. So, let me ask you, and then um, once we answer this, I think we should take a break. Take a let break. me yeah, ask you real quick. Um, what was up with the beat on the project? Is that the original beat that was used? Is there um, how did that go? So the, the original beat produced by Douglas, I was like that rock originally rhymed on. I was like it was, it was a sample where I was like we're gonna get pinched like that fucking day. And the beat was crazy, but I was like, the the people we sampled are like sharks about shutting any money, any anybody the fuck down if you touch any other thing even remotely. So we remixed it, and then the remix version came out first. And then after a few years, I was like, fuck it, I put the original up on uh, its own Bandcamp on three dollar pistol.com on a uh, No Vacation for Murder Deluxe Edition. It's called like you know Young Blood OG Mix. So it's only available to hear the original version that Rock wrote to on a uh, Bandcamp. But all the other platforms, you can look up uh, Zilla Rock and the Shadow Boxers, No Vacation for Murder. And song's called Young Blood. So, yeah, you can hear so the remix version. Did that, did that help hurt or indifferent when that happened to the track? No, I, I think it helped because I, I picked out the main sample that ended up on the remix. I picked that sample out. So nice. I was like, yo, so this, this, should be, this should be flip anyway because it, it was a similar like instrument. It was guitar heavy. Um yeah, it was. It I mean, he fucking crushed it. You could put his acapella on anything. It sounds fucking incredible. Indeed. You know what I mean? Like, Indeed. Shouts to Rock Morris right. Jazz. So let's take our first break. All right, let's do it. Pimp more of our All shit. Right. Go cop everything. Go follow us. Blah, 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 blah. Blah. That's a new thing I've been working on. I like oh. it. I like the echo effect on oh, it. <laughs> I despise when Zilla does his own echoes. He doesn't know that. I hate when he does his own echoes. Oh, my. What the fuck are you talking it. about? 
when you're recording, sometimes your last he'll be like, you know what I'm saying? It stuck him in the AM. Stuck him in the AM. Stuck him in the AM. He'll do it himself. <laughs> yes, you do. I do yes, you I just do. recorded you shit do. for Alaska tonight. I don't do that no, shit. No, not all the time, Z, but it drives me nuts when you do it yourself because you'll leave it in the mix. And it's fine, but you don't, yo, he'll do his own echo and fade out. He'll do it. He don't even know he's doing it. Oh, he'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do the echo and fade out because, you know what? I got that shit from fucking L. I got that shit from L. LP? Oh, okay, fucking okay. um, Simeon Drugs, where he says, like, I like good girls, but pretty bitches get my dick hard, 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 hard. <laughs> but but that's, some of that's done in the machine, though. And so when you do it yourself, I'll be like, let's do it in the machine. You know, like, but. No, no, fucking 80 shit. You know what I mean? Like. No, you're right. Yeah, you're there you right. go. Word. Griff Company, the album, Too Many Secrets from Zillaraka, me. And Curly Castro on a wrecking crew and a quad culture podcast. It's available. It's got Alaska on there. I alive. Open my eagle. Willie Green. Googie. Quandry. Those 4GW. On a bunch of other dope ass people that you probably already know. Album is on Bandcamp exclusively right now. CDs with the OB strip shipping worldwide. Wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. Griff Company. Too many secrets. This beat is hard as shit. Back to the show. Bang! Bitch! Real quick, you can, before Castro, we start, we're going to promote Alaska, ourselves better. That's Zilla. Yes, that's I am Zilla. Zilla that's Alaska. Vodka. I'm Castro. I'm Castro. That's Zilla. That's Alaska. Hi, I'm Alaska. Hello. Yo, oh, wait, wait, where, wait, where can wait, people wait, find yeah. you, motherfucker? Do the ads and all that shit real quick. There we go. There you go. You yeah. can find me at Twitter and at Instagram, but you can't see me on Instagram because it's well, private. Well, no. How the fuck can they find you? That's the, that's the, yeah. What do you uh, mean? They're no. gonna find you? What on? Like Where's Waldo? Like on a scavenger hunt? Like safe? Yeah. Shit find it. me. Find me. I've been doing Where's Waldo with my um, kids. Huh? Yeah. Remember where Waldo had a wizard? He had a wizard with a fucking staff. You could find him with a wizard too. Yeah. Where, yeah, I remember, I remember the wizard. That, that was the deluxe um, book. Second half be wizard. Deluxe yep. book. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, can you can find me at Alaska underscore Adams at Twitter. I'm not giving you my Instagram because pictures of my kid and you're fucking strangers. And I don't want you looking at my kid. Fair yeah. enough. I feel like that's why I'm taking a lot of pictures of my son anymore. Uh, I'm, a, I'm at Zilla Rocka, two L's, two C's, same thing on IG. Um, I'm, I've minimized photos of my child as time is going on. I, I concur. Um, I am at curly underscore castro on twitter and i'm at curly castro on instagram and you have to request me because my instagram is private um and i don't put up a lot of pictures of my pets i'm just just not a fan so um there you go you guys do a lot of stories though which is nice you guys do stories i feel like that's that that's the best way for me to keep myself honest about promotion yeah I feel like if I say, all right, make sure something's on that story and then I could check how people look at it. I'm I'm way more adept with the stories and throwing those up a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I find I don't like Instagram that much better. anymore though. Like I don't like using it. Um it's all for my music, so I actually, yeah. I, I tolerate it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, it's just mainly my musical thing. So yeah. Yeah, I mostly like look at okay. pictures of my nephew and that's about it. <laughs> I'm like, oh look at him, he's cute. Yeah, man, I, I fucked around dope. my algorithm, so now like all of my discover picks are like the same fucking three things, and I'm like, all right, this is boring. Yeah, 
So yeah, but they that ways. that whole thing flipped when they changed when they stopped like earmarking what you liked. Like remember they had that whole page and shit. And um, um, and I, I'm just pretty much on my followers. Once you go private, it doesn't really give you so much suggestions type stuff. It's yeah. just like who you follow, or whatever. But anyway, right. um, so back to the grill. All right, again. so here we go. Back to the fucking show, man. Promoters, here you go. All right, Alaska, yo. When you fuckers did when you Hangar 18, you did the joint with Sadat X. I don't know about that, man. I do my research. Daddy man, fuck, X. I'm looking you up. I yeah. love the knock list. I got the Mission Impossible my, um, knock list looking up all your old files, he's, man. He's one of my he's one of my favorite <laughs> voices and characters in hip hop. I just love him. I don't know. I put him yeah, on my list, that, but I just love fun. listening to him. To, to, to his his alternative style in, in the era he came out with, even when it, when they were early and then when they were about the middle. All it was was really brave to me because I was like, "Yo, it's it's going to be a whole party." He was rapping real fast in the beginning, which right. was kind of crazy. The in thing, like the eighty, late eighty, like, yeah, compared to an X minor and shit like that, he was yep. super fast on that. But then he took that pause, then I'm gonna say the same. Like I'm gonna force my my rhythm on this thing, no matter what beat or not. I love that. I love shit like that. Yeah, but, it's great. He was also Derek X early in the brand Nubian days. True that. Do that five percent all day. Yeah. This is like five percent of Z when they're like teenagers, like they're getting into knowledge at 14, 15. They would do they were spitting that shit. So literally it wasn't woo. If you want to make a quick brand newbie was really the first people to put that five percent on wax because they actually had a record. Wouldn't poor righteous like, teachers be the first ones though? Yeah, PRC like actually yes, PRC would be like earmarked. But like people, you know, they always say woo, but yes, PRT and then Brand Nubian were the ones was really Kane? dropping. Yeah. Kane 5%? Kane, yeah, like Kane those kids, like Rock And Rock him, Rock him. Yeah, I, but I'm Kane there with me. Kane just. When, it was, when it was actually, like, people can actually really put their finger to it, I feel like Brand Nubian was like, yo, here. Because remember, they were a little poppy at first. If people don't remember, they used to have dance yeah. moves and everything. Puba yeah, they, they had shit. routines. Puba was yeah, a fucking star, bro. He was a star. Yeah. But they had routines like boys and men and shit. They had like steps and shit, you know, back then. Yeah, yeah they rock Paisley shirts and shit. They, yep. they dressed like the Jungle Brothers. Yeah, they yep. were like they were fly, though. They were yeah, fly. They were, they were fierce. They were fierce. It was that was to think that you go to high school with them. Like, oh man, I need to go back home Ta. and study. Like, <laughs> that's intimidating, yo. Like, these are my peers. These are my juniors. They're rapping it, you know, they're twisting their hair. I, I yeah. just remember that stuff in high school used to be a little intimidating. You'd be like, yo, these guys got something going on. Anybody um, maneuvering like that. But. When I was younger, there was um, – so I used to work on a beer truck with my dad when I was younger, and there was this dude that um, ran the Pepsi route in the same area, this dude named Dexter. And he mm-hmm. was like – he was probably like five years older than me, and uh, he was from New Rochelle. So we would always like get to talking about music and stuff, and he knew I liked rap. So he would always be like, yo, you got to hear Brand Nubian or you got to hear Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. And it was mm-hmm. like years before they ever came out, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, these guys are like wow. dudes from around the way. I was like, wow, that's so cool. I was like in awe. I was like, you know, 15 years old. Like, oh, my God. You know them? Hmm. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, but anyway. So I met Sadat through um, a friend of mine that I used to work with, this girl named Courtney. And um, she was like – she had a weird relationship with Sadat. Like they were super tight. They weren't like together, but there was always like the feeling that – one of them wanted to be with the other one. And some friendship. And, or some yeah, but nobody yeah, was there. Somebody, somebody, neither somebody was got anything. regulated to the friend zone, and right. I don't think it was my coworker. Oh, right. um, no, okay. 
but you know, anyway, like we would all go out after work. So it'd be like me and wind and like, um, you know, a couple other people from work, we'd go out and like drink and get like wings and stuff like that. And Sadat used to come through. So like we would kick it with Sadat, like, you know, kind of on the regular for a few months. And I was like, yeah, we're working on this record. Do you want to be on it? And he was like, you know, he gave us a rate. It was really a good rate. We're like, all right, cool. Let's do it. So he, um, we were at Paul's house. Paul's wife was um, gone for the weekend or something. So we just like camped out for the whole weekend, made the beat, started doing the rhymes. And Sadat came through on Saturday. He came through with, um, what the fuck's the dude's name? You hear his name on all the brand newbie albums. I think it's like Alamo? Spark or something like that. No, it wasn't Alamo. It was like somebody's oh. name that they talk about all the time. Like one of their Because if it was Alamo, first of all, Alamo was like seven feet tall. So like you would yeah, always no, it was like a, come to it. <laughs> it was just like a short dude that's on that they they that they made they the name drop about yeah I know what you mean. yeah I think it's Mark the Spark so they just came through and it was like we just like drank and smoked like Sadat laid his verse down then we just like hung out and they just told us old stories about touring and shit like that and oh, like you know greatest. just all the stuff they used to do was the best it was like it was so cool um, that's so, that's, that's yeah, it was like when you get when you get features like that to get the little um the fire campfire tale. If you could, oh, it was that's great. always yeah. dope. That's always great. So, yeah, we had that. And then, like, a couple months later, we did a show in L.A. And um, it was, like, in the garage of this casino in Long Beach. Mm. And it was, like, they put us they put us up in this, like, fucked up hotel. It was, like, a meth hotel. It was wow. real weird. Like, there was, like, a motorcycle gang downstairs. Like, all the TVs were set to porn. Um, there was like <laughs> I love it already. Like, like, there was like I love there was like there was like gang carvings in the headboards and shit. Ooh, and nice. um, so they put us and um, Pep Love in the same hotel, like right next to each other, because <laughs> uh, we were rocking the show. So like that night, we did the same thing. Like we we got a bunch of beers and we just kicked it. And they just told us all like the old Hyro stories. I was like, oh, oh my god, man. this is the best. That's I could, I could be done with rap right now. I never need to rap again. Right? Yeah, it was dope. Like, oh, love that. Dope. Yeah, it was just, it was so dope. So, but yeah, that's how Sadat came about. It was like, I, you know, I got to know him. He was cool. Like, if, if I see him, we know each other enough to be like, hey, like, we're not cool. But, you know, it's not like one of those weird situations like I've had where it's like I've collaborated with someone. I've never met them. I've never spoken with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's kind of cool. Like, it, it, it felt like a legit thing. And then I was always pissed off that Vast fucking got him for his record. Um. Mm-hmm. Because Vast Record dropped a little bit before ours. Mm. Oh, so he got motherfucker, the, he got to man! Jump the gun! Oh, you yep. got to jump! Yep. I was like, you bastard! And back then, it made, it made yeah. a difference. Like this is before people were super yeah. whoring themselves out for features. So if you got somebody, you might be the only one that got yeah. that person. So yeah, I feel you. You know, <laughs> and, and the other thing was like, you know, because Vast was within the crew. Vast was the bigger name at the time, mm-hmm. right? So right. it was like, oh, now like we're riding your coattails. I was like, but uh, we had that shit like a year before you, you bastard. Damn. But, you know, either way, it's cool. God, he was on the and, and, and the interesting thing yeah. about that, you said a year before because then we, we get into the world of rap releases and release schedules. So you yeah. might have gotten the feature first, but you're yeah. not on the schedule first type thing. Yeah, Exactly. So yeah. A lot of those things. Yeah, Moving I think part. it happened with Camp Low, too. Somebody had Camp Low. Ace I think maybe Ace had Camp Low, and then somebody Ace. else got him. It was like, fuck. Yeah, it was like in Lime the same circle and, of people. But too. Lime Lighters did a lot for them. Lime Lighters is Unknowingly shit. at yeah. first, and people didn't know them, but they had to help. All right, yeah. I got one. I got one. Okay. Zilla right. Rocca. Oh, what? shit, we're skipping you, motherfucker. Yeah, we'll get to me. What was it like working with 
Armand Hammer. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, favors yeah, of bad news. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, gotcha. you did get me. I was not catching that one. Uh, well, consider that <laughs> Arm and Hammer. I mean, you know, me and you have been fucking up on a lucid since like oh seven, oh eight. First, dated. Like we were all dated. about lucid. Dated. All Tell about it. About Yo, it. fuck all you fucking Johnny come lately ass Earl we sweatshirt painted for man. Fucking we like, what white music critic. Fucking, I like noise and protest. And shut the fuck up. I was up <laughs> on this dude in 07, 08. Police and Earl, peace, smash and grab. Small pro and dumb high. Shouts to Hodge. All these cats. We were Shout all out to the father of this lucid. shit. Shout out to the yeah. father of this shit, which is a lucid. This style, this Shouts shit. Shouts to the lucid. Lessonberry. I was kicking with a lucid at fucking the M room in like 08 in the rain when it was him and fucking Don Will and all of those dudes came. Shea Grand, all them, bro. We were up on a lucid. All you dickheads are like, "Oh, your lucid's a god." I like fucking the last four albums that came out last year. Shut up. That's my man. Get to the song. That's my man. So anyway, um, (laughs) 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 it's just funny to me. Like, no, I'm I'm happy for dudes. I'm I'm happy when then these dudes like you know pop off to like mass audiences and you know present day. Shouts to Lucid and Woods. I didn't know about Woods till like whatever, whenever History Wolves out me drops. Anyway, so favor is bad news. So I did the joint. It's on my last uh, real full length. No, my second, my second last full length future former rapper. Second via POW recordings. Yep. Um, so the so I had the beat from Barry Disco Vietnam, and uh, he made the beat like ten years ago or some wild shit. I didn't know. He sent me the joint. I'm like this is crazy. So I was like, yo, I was this, when I was making that record, I was patterning it after pattern patterning it, pattern patterning, 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 I patterned it, patterned. I patterned it after Nas fucking uh Street's Disciple album. Cause I made right. my own like a range version of that shit, because the retail version's ass. So I made my own version. I was like, yo, I want to make an album like this. So I was like, I need some shit. And the the chorus is actually some Nas shit. It's a line from that album where he says, "My ears up on them sounds too. I heard something not to my liking, and say, son, they biting you." And I was like, "Yo, I think Elusive would be ill saying that shit." And so I just voice, got Elusive on that joint, like real quick voices. to do it. Yeah, I just, like, I just need his voice. I want, I don't want him rhyming. I just, I, just, I just want his voice on this record. So I had him do the hook, and then time went on as I was making it. I did that joint early, and then as time went on with the record, uh. I was making mad other shit, and then they just started getting more and more prominent as a clique, as a group, and then solo elusive, woods elusive, then reconvene and reconvene, and you know, it was Arm and Hammer. So then by the time like it came for the album to hit like the fourth quarter, I was like, yo, what if I got we started mapping out with the label, like what what features should we get on this record that could be like a selling point to people? So we were going through the record and you're like, ah, oh, what about this dude now? He wouldn't fit. You know, this dude, we could probably afford him, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yo, I already have a lucid on this fucking song doing the chorus. Like, what if I got Woods and it became an Arm and Hammer record? And ah. so I, I hit up Woods and I was like, yo, I already got a lucid on this joint. I think this is like right when like, I forget what album it was, the hit, but, but, but they were like really starting to be on fire. Yeah, it was probably, probably like known, known or some shit like that. And then I was like, it was, it was like post Save Yourself by the time I hit up Woods. And so Woods was like, oh, shit. He was like, yo, um, I know this joint because Elucid, he's like, we, we were like on tour or doing sessions and Elucid would be like just saying this shit out loud. Like favors of bad news, favors of bad news, favors of bad. Like he would just be saying that shit to me. I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. 
So Woods is like, yo, I'm down and do it. So I hit up, and so Woods got on it. And when you work with Billy Woods, you know, you know, me and Alaska are just not fortunate enough to be on back with studios like Castro, piece of shit. What up? You know, Woods, back with studios so and Army. Woods. Better yet, a super nanobite Real quick, whenever this episode airs, we'll be with Woods on Thursday, the 30th in Philly at Johnny Brenda's. Uh, Billy Woods yeah. and Elucid and Shrapnel, Pram and Castro and more mother. The fucking yeah. best rap show in Philly, 2020. That's anyway, an awesome show. It is a dope ass lineup. So I'm um, fucking jealous of that show, man. So shit is ill. So real quick, so I was just so Woods was like, "Yo, I'm gonna do the joint." So when you work with Woods, Woods is like, you know, he calls you and shit. He fucking runs shit. Like Woods is very hands on with collabos. Like he really is invested. Like he checks yeah, out you a million mine. times. He'll hit you up a it's bunch of just, times. About, yeah, he's yeah. very, very. Yeah, dope. it's not just on some like, all right, well, whatever I send, that, that's just how it's gonna be. Um. So he sent me this shit, and I was like, this is ill. So Woods, you know, he doesn't, like, follow regular bar structure. So we had to kind of basically, like, figure out what to do with his verse on the joint. And then me and Barry went back and forth on mixing it and whatever. So anyway, it came out, and it became, like, my most streamed fucking Spotify iTunes song ever. Because by the time it dropped, like, Arm & Hammer was, like, super on fire, where the fucking actor Ar- Army Hammer was tweeting these motherfuckers out and probably Earl was on their dick and Alchemist and everybody else. So anyway, it was just, it was just, it was ill. Like just having, you know, and then later on, like we all like linked up at a show in New York or wherever the fuck it was and just hung out. But it was one of them situations where like, we're all people and we've been fucking with each other for a minute and we did, we couldn't like record it together. And one part was done like years in advance. It just, it was, it's just all fit. It was great. So I'm, I'm proud of that record. I love that song. The, the Barry beat people love that shit. That beat, and then me, Barry, and Prem are doing a record now on um, Bourbon Generals. So we're like two songs deep. Shouts to Disco nice. Vietnam, Barry. He's I got like three beats from him on my next solo right now. I'm, I'm finishing. So yeah, man, that was a good pull, Castro. I was not suspecting that shit. You slick motherfucker. That is a good one, and and it totally Shabla. fucked up my next point ah. because I was gonna ask Castro what it was like to do oh. either Doopy or Dianetics, but. Oh. I just had the. Uh, mm. I'm gonna go actually with something else. I'm gonna go with your track with uh, Cavalier on mm. the fucking. Um, you slick piece of shit. God damn, oh, why shit. am I blanking on that boy's name right it's now? On, um, it's on um, Willie Green's album. Willie Green, yeah. Um, I, I, Doc Savage. It's, it's Willie Green, yeah. Doc Savage. Yeah. Uh, so I want to know yeah. about that. Especially since uh, you listed him as like one of your favorite records of the decade. Oh, so that's so that's interesting. So like, um, the funny thing is, I, I have some new material with Cav, and I'm always yep. trying to get nice. Cav on stuff. And um, yeah. Cav is dope. But so it's like sometimes when when like as as Zilla alluded to, when when songs are put together, you might not be like, oh shoot, I have a song with such and such. You know what I mean? Like yeah. one of my one of my blueprint collabs hits me in the head sometimes that I forget I did on Small Pro's album. So um, so oh, anyway, so awesome. this so this yeah, so this record um. Doc Savage by Willie Green. It's an amazing record, um, inspired by the actual comic book character Doc Savage and the artwork and the old time artwork that used to be on those books. And so Green is just a producer engineer extraordinaire. Like this is a yep. Shout out to he's Willie. Like, he's like him, he's like at levels of like Modoc. Like Green is like Modoc. He inspired his podcast, bro. Without him, yeah, we wouldn't do oh, a show. Definitely, most definitely. Shout out to Green. Definitely um, got the spark going for this podcast for us to get going. So when when so when so a lot of times one thing that Green has great powers at is all of his songs are like events. His songs have like big, big verbose um, cavernous curtains made of giant felt. They open up, you know what I'm saying. Then you have the the 
the um, arpeggio and the crescendo. Like his shit is always nice and big and theatric. So, um, so he asked me to hop on this song called Haunted Ocean with, um, with Cavalier and, um, and my girl, Loren, um, Lauren Kelly Benson. She's dope too. She was on my album too. And she's on, um, she's on Tosh, right? She's on Tosh. Yeah. And so at first, my first tackle was the the cadence because it's, um, the rhythm of the song is, is, um, it's pretty unique. So I was trying to figure out how to um, attack it. And because I write fast usually, so if I'm collabing with people, my stuff is usually finished first. If we all start like a starting line, like a starting gun, I'm usually done first. I just kind of write pretty fast. And very, so very what I didn't know was I was dictating the pace of the track. So I wrote my joint. And so everybody kind of had that demo to go off with. And then um, Cavalier kind of took like maybe the first two bars of how I was going and then ran off that. And then we had like one common phrase through that. But Cavalier is really cerebral. So like it was almost symbiotic, like his verse to mine, even though we didn't know each other. And even though we didn't talk to each other about what it was about, it was a couple of references in, um, uh, that we tried to make in in reference to Green and the aesthetic he was going for with the project. But I'm really proud of that nice. record. Um, I I think that's really one of my strongest verses personally that I've ever um, crafted. And then Cav comes just blows it up. He, he 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 like can literally dance between raindrops when he's rapping. And so it's just always like oh, really yeah. special to be on stuff with him. Salute to the man Cavalier and to try to match him. I, I won't say nice. I did. I just I just know he he his cadences. Like it's like um like to me Cavalier is like that that smoke that drifts out the house from the apple pie and grabs your nose and makes uh. you start floating towards the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's that ethereal apparition <laughs> type shit that's luring you though. in. How do you, how do you be on a podcast what? and dig of that shit? The smoke from an what? apple pie on a windowsill. Because I'm thinking about the Woody Woodpecker. Watch his fucking that's the illest shit. Yeah, that's that's shit where the, that is what you see that shit where the Woody, yeah, Woody Woodpecker flows through the air. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, like Tom and Jerry. Yeah, back shit. in the day. Yeah, no, back in the day, the cartoon moms would leave pies and stuff on the windowsill of the corner. I know. And that smoke would come in <laughs> and lure you and stuff. And that's, that's my man Cavalier. Cavalier is the smoke from that ill-ass blunt. Mm. Reaching out your crib, luring you into what's up with this session. And so I was just honored. Um. Yeah, it was really dope. Beats dope, lyrics are dope. Lauren comes and kills it. She has actually a verse. She she sings the hook and she has a verse. Um, shout out to um Miss Benson. But yeah, I, I, you oh you caught me off guard with that one. I I, ah. I, I I thought I knew what y'all were gonna ask, and I had no idea. So that was Wait, what do you think I was gonna ask? Um, I thought uh I kind of thought y'all were gonna ask either about Woods or um I don't know maybe my man Googie. I got a lot of stuff with him. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Um, and he, 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 he's a curious cat, so that's that's dope. Yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna go Arm and Hammer, Arm and Hammer, but um, you know, that was my that was in my back. I was wrestling with that beforehand anyway. So Zilla, Zilla helped me make the the decision. So I got a, a quick question for y'all because we need to wrap this up. All right. What what is your favorite feature? Like the one that you had? Like since we're we're asking you, like what's not your favorite that you're featured on? But your favorite okay. person that you had featured. Oh wait, wait, say that again. Oh, yeah. favorite person that you had featured. Which yeah, like who's if your favorite person? Is it one of the ones that we discussed? Oh, uh, uh, hmm. Um, mine actually, to tell you the truth, I can't say. So I can't say it. 
Right. It's, it's, Wait, why it's, is it still happening or? Yeah, it's still kind uh, of going. Oh, I know what that so is. Because I'll be getting these texts and calls. <laughs> so I'll be really... like, oh, no, I got no <laughs> Like, yeah, this is. Okay. No, but I will say, all right. So, what I can admit is I was really psyched because it was ill. I was at a girl's crib. I stayed the night. I was out of state. I'm not telling myself. This just happened in the past. And so I was, I had really sketchy internet. Meaning, like, I had no, I had no, I had no on personal account, so I had to get up and kind of walk her neighborhood, and I didn't live around there trying to find the signal. It was back in the day, like iPod Touch days and shit. Mm. And I had gotten a feature from Open Mike Eagle, oh, salute brother Mike. And I was, and it was the same type of feeling. I was waiting for it. He had a lot on his plate, so I didn't know when he would get to it. So I didn't. But the thing was, I had no illusions. He didn't tell me when he would finish it. I just gave him a long, wide berth to finish it. So he kind of surprised me. I just saw the email. I was like, oh, it was him and my man Ralph Ripshit. Shout out to him. Trust I got those him, two features on the same night. And so when I finally found some signal, I'm like on some corner in the neighborhood. That I don't know about I'm holding my iPod up in the air, wow. like, you know, trying to get a bar or whatever. And um, the feature came in uh, and it was really something I couldn't imagine. And the funny thing is, recently we got a new feature from him on the um, Griff Company um, on the Griff Company CD, oh, so it's just like the same type of feeling. Like you just, you're really, you're really happy when these cats come with like A plus material. It makes you yeah. up your game too. Like you have no choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, paid features or not, sometimes you just go for a certain skill level, and you and you want you want to at least and match them, yeah, and you get it. Like, yeah. Oof. Oof. That was it. That's my favorite. I oh man, I got like a three way tie. I'm I'm doing the Castro. The honorable mentions was a three way tie. It's it's Vic mm-hmm. it's Vic Spencer on Spy vs Spy off ninety six mentality. Nice. It's uh nice. it's Dose One on uh on the Freak Beat off Neo Noir, and then it's fucking Geechee Suede nice. off of uh. I love that song. Yo, thanks, bro. And then uh and then it's Geechee Suede on Shot Town Drum Roll off No Vacation for Murder. So they were all very separate. Nice. Like, Geechee, Geechee was paid, you know, paperwork, fucking getting at people, negotiation, all that shit, and then Geechee like. You know, shout my name out on a song, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And then I broke his verse out to make it sound like we were going back and forth, back and forth, even though you know we weren't. But then later on, me and him linked up and just got you know became mad cool years later, which was ill. And then Dose, like we were cool first, and then I it was like a hail mary where I was rapping on my mixtape Neo Noir over the fucking Clams Casino beat. And I was, I just hit him. I was like, yo, dog, like, I don't, I, you wouldn't do this joint, but like, I think you'd be ill as fuck on a clinch casino beat. If you're available, I'm definitely shot this shit, in the dark. Like, this week. If you want to do it, cool. If not, no sweat. I mean, him were like building a rapport and he just sent me the shit back. I was like, woo. And then like, we linked up later. Nice. And like, he kills that he's, shit. Woof, he's, yeah, he's raw. And then, uh, and then Vic, man, me and Vic, been, we, we got cool since the cost of victory album. And then, just became homies and then you know he just got more and more prolific and i tried to match up with him and we get he uh, when he was on 96 mentality i sent him a couple beats and i was like yo these are the ones i kind of hear you want i want you on the record and he had just dropped uh spencer for hire with him and sonny jim and i had sonny i had, I had, I had spencer for hire yeah part two out now yeah, that's part you three, love part. this shit oh my god but spencer for hire spencer for hire came out and then um and I was fucking with Sonny Jim too, so I, I had Sonny Jim beats, but I was like, I don't want to get Vic on another Sonny Jim joint. And so I just sent him a couple beats. I sent him two choices, and he picked the Ray West beat that was a uh, that ended up nice, being Ray West fiber. So my my whole my when I hit up Ray, I was like, Yo, I need some shit like fucking um, 
what's that shit on the Fuji's the score? Uh, when they sample fucking my, my, I only have eyes for you. Is that Zealots? Uh, only have eyes yeah. for you. So, so Ray sent me some shit like that because I was like, yo, I, I need some shit like that for this album. So he sent me a couple choices, and then the one that he sent that Vic picked was in that vein, and Vic picked that shit, and I was like, woo. So when Vic hit me, I was like, all right, word. I, I I was shocked he picked that beat, and he just he bodied that, and then uh yeah, so that that became like a mainstay off '96 mentality. So that you know, I went Castro on it and picked fucking three. So sorry, I apologize. All right, cool. Uh, Last I'm gonna go with yeah. Uh, Rasta RFC. Mm. Oh, uh, no, words, hurt, words hurt, you right. motherfucker. I was gonna, oh, I was gonna, yeah, bring, I was gonna bring up Rasta RFC. Yeah, you had a good yeah, run. that was cool, you man. Good, like, like little. He did have a good run. run. Like, yeah, I was, I was like just in love with his work. It was just so sort of like gritty and fucking like just real. Earthy. It was evolved, I think, like Earthy. his whole style. Like, you know what I mean? It was like somebody who look grown man, like a grown man, grown man, Very like grown somebody man. who went through the darkness and came out on the other side in a better place and being able to tell those tales to how he got there. Wow. I really love that about his work. But I also love like this sort of super lo fi quality of it. It's very lo fi. He was on yeah, that, I mean, yo, he was like the original, like, Mahami, dog. Think about that. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, he, he, him and Young Drew came at the same time. Mm, they did. They did. Or old they Drew. Did. Right they shit. did. Not right yeah. They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah he was so, dropping singles on them. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I became a big fan of his, and we started, like, communicating over Twitter. And I was like, yo, I had this verse, these verses written for, like, two years. Like, I was, like, fucking around with three or four different beats to make them work. And finally, like, Lang just remixed the shit, and it was, like, a hit. And I was like, yo, you want to get on this? I think you'd be good on it. It was this song called Modern Man. And it was like mm. sort of like explaining like, you know, basically growing out of like the childhood stupidity and like becoming a modern man. But like still like sort of like hanging on to the things that you find important, blah, blah, blah. So he dropped a real dope verse, had like a killer slick Rick reference in it. But um, it didn't work over the beat. So I was like, fuck, mm. I'm going to have to scrap right. this shit. Right. And um. And Lang was like, nah, I got it. I'm going to like flip the beat and remix it, add some heavy drums so like it, it flows better in the pocket. And like mm. Lang really just like hooked up the mix and it just it really like helped out the song. I was like, damn, it's awesome. Ross, yo, he was yeah. voice. Yeah, I like that. Oh, and I, I, got, I got an honorable mention because the song never came out and it never will. But like um, I have uh, uh, some work with Big Just and it's one of the best oh, hooks nice. I've ever wrote in my life. And you'll never, you'll never hear the hook. You, it's just one of the illest hooks I ever wrote in my life. But it's um, so. Why don't you reuse it then? Yeah, why you lack it? Um, it's it was very. It, it's, I ain't gonna lie to you. It's so specific to that beat. I have to see, and it's not like complicated specific, but it's just like I wrote it to that beat. I've been spinning over that beat, and it kind of worked with that beat and made the whole song. So use that yeah. beat and use the hook. Yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I definitely could resurrect it. I, trust me, I, I don't leave nothing on the cutting room floor anymore. But yeah, that's 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 one thing. That, that's the song I, I thought came up pretty dope. Yeah, just as awesome. Oh man, his yeah. voice. Oh. Well, all right. On that note, call out. Let's wrap it up. Rid of culture. Um, we got stuff for sale as always. Yep. Yeah. CDs, vinyl, tape, hats, shirts, hoodies. Just give us a shout. Um, see what you see what we're about, and if anything tickles your fancy, we'll make sure to give it to you. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
There you go. Oh, and if you get a chance, watch that Aaron Hernandez documentary. Oh, it looks crazy. The fuck up. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. and also, once on documentary, there's also a really good documentary on the um, uh, the the preppy murders in Central Park from back in the day. Any, oh, any Robert old... Chambers. Yes, son. They got wow. this great one. It's on Hulu. Oh man, I forgot how French. Because this this is um for anybody that's not a story a uh, New York history buff. This is like one of the first trials that's like on TV before OJ and all that stuff. Mm. And yeah, this that was is like really like a clashing of culture, this preppy culture that met with murder and met with like hanging out in the park at night. So I, that's oh, all yeah. I'll give y'all. And um, yeah, so they, that's another good documentary um, they got out oh, there. Castro, did you, did you yes. see Wormwood? Oh, that shit no, is crazy. That? My man Peter Sarsgaard. What's that? Ooh. Yeah, it's... it's, um, they got it's what's that? It's, it's an Errol Morris documentary about um, Project MK Ultra. About his father. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right, send that on. Send that on to Netflix, yeah. dog. Yeah, it's, it's on Netflix, and it's uh, it's like part documentary and part... Reenactments and shit. Yeah, shit. Oh, it came out like a while, man. It's really, really good. good. Was, um, it did, that yeah. Chernobyl piece was really good, y'all. Anybody that has HBO and access... Chernobyl miniseries yeah. is really, really good. No, I I was, I'm fucking with that. Outside I, I, I was show. familiar with Chernobyl. Jason ba- Bateman. Yeah, I've been hearing about the outside. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, but a lot of things are coming back, y'all. Walking Dead, uh, The Boys, uh, Better Call Saul, um, Westworld. Um, there's a lot of shit. Fargo. Fargo, Insecure. Insecure is coming think back. Think about that, man. Like, the genesis of us three was fucking Fargo season two. You yeah. think so? Mike Milligan. Oh, yeah. Yo, everybody yeah, go cool, fu- yo, yo, if you fucking call our culture podcast, look up me and Small Pros album Career Crooks. Good luck with that. And it's the first collabo between No, that's it's like the second collabo because we did the Outcast shit with you. Uh, but that was yeah. separate. Yeah, but that it was, was the first one all three of us were on the same track. Yeah, the first time the first time me, me Castro and Alaska were on the same song was called uh Mike Milligan. Mike Milligan. Yeah. Boheme Woodbine, the be- the best villain of the twenty tens. Bokeem Woodbine. I said it. Classic. Yep, I, so I watch. Shit. I watch the pastiche of his scenes, and I watch these breakdowns of his character all the time because I think he just still under still mis underrepresented how well he did. Because it was what I love about that character, y'all. It was so much in the in, in the invisible spaces that we didn't get a chance to check, but it was implied yeah. that made it such a well rounded character. Oh, what about that? Who knows? It don't matter. It's like it was like Anton Chigurh level of oh. character building. Right yes. on screen. Yeah. Who is this guy? What is going on? And they only give you just enough. Yeah, I love it. It's called That's our culture, great. y'all. We are culturists, baby. All uh, right. Yo, shout, shout out to right. fucking Roku because I'm watching King of New York. Dog, Teresa Randall is one of the sexiest black women no one talks about. That was the, the name world. that you said. I didn't know Teresa who was. Randall that was is the name you so broke up on. slept yeah. on, like, absolutely beautiful black women. Of all if time. you have the time, there's girl a lot six. of good parts of Girl 6. Watch that. But actually, her, girl, her yeah. voice, well, though. A great role. Not... She was really good in Sugar Hill, even though she was a minor character. She was important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 she's in Sugar she Hill. Yeah. Oh, I mean, she got That's a minor, that, she got a minor like role in Bad Boys, dog. Remember, she's Marcus's wife, Martin Lawrence. She's wife. Marcus's wife, yeah, in the first one, yep. Yeah, I, I, I feel yeah. like she's the wife in all of them. I didn't see the new one yet. I want to see the new one. She's not in the new one, I don't she's think, not? specifically. Maybe their kids are. I think, like, nah. their kids are. I don't know if she's well, He's, like, fucking kid. 50. But the new one I heard was good. The new one I heard was cool. It's just not as... um. They're older, so it's not like action packed Michael May. Oh, no, Martin Lawrence. Michael uh, Bade out. He's carrying he's carrying that, that no, no, oof. no. Check it. So check this out, y'all. Before, before we go. There's a I think that's a byproduct of some medicine because if you watch the movie, he's his jowls are not all swollen like that. And that's like from when you're getting like 
steroid treatment or something with your kidneys. Sometimes you'll carry weight in your face, but it's not there. But you'll watch it. You'll see it. Because all the press runs he's done, he's not looking like that. So I think sometimes there's, um, I've had this happen in my family. There could be adverse reactions to certain treatments you're getting. So it makes you look swole, but you're not like fat. You know what I'm saying? But um, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, call out culture update the jowl knowledge this week oh well also if anybody's into that type of thing shout out eternal kobe bryant um we lost we lost a legend recently if anybody's a sports fan he's an icon he's a he's a he's he's an icon so whether you're in the sports or not salute the man um he gave his all to that basketball and to that court and he meant it yeah well and b we're 24 tonight for kobe I saw that. Yeah, I saw so that. that. And a lot of players have yeah. been retiring their own number eight, and they're going to work on 24. So anybody that's, that's wearing that number, they're nice. all switching. Um, but nice. salute that man. Um, salute his, um, his family, his daughter. Tragedy. Yeah. But, Everybody, um, yeah. Uh, one thing I do like to say yeah. about Kobe is he did live his life to the fullest. So give him that due. You know what I'm saying? This is a Indeed. man that pushed his talent to, um, to the levels he did. So salute him. Rest in peace. Um, rest in peace, Anthony Mason. Rest in peace, Moses Malone. A lot of that goes, a lot of that stuff going on too these days, y'all. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. All right, cool. That's all I got. Also, till next week. Till next week. Thanks for subscribing. Till what else? Get us on Twitter in real life. Thank you. This shit is cool, man. Same call out cool. time. Podcast. Same call out channel. Oh shit. Same call out culture. Same call out channel. Same mm-hmm. call out podcast. Mm-hmm. That's all I get. All right, I'm out. Peace. All right, peace.